All right, we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Break the Rules stream. I am your host, Lev Polyakov. It is a great pleasure to be here today. Back with us, of course, the great Zero HP Lovecraft. And we have two newcomers, Crooner and Nama. It is a great pleasure to have you guys here. We are going to be talking about the incel culture, specifically in relation to love. Nama Kate of the Incel Podcast, you have been following this topic for a pretty long time. And I would say that BTR has been the place for both insiders and outsiders to meet. And in a way, you were doing the same thing, facilitating this kind of meeting of the minds. But I do think that Zero and Crooner may have a few differences when it comes to their views on women, sexuality, love. So I want to get into all that. But before that, just uh, introductions. And of course, everybody who's watching, subscribe right now. Sneed those super chats, patreon.com slash break the rules. And lastly, because I know a lot of you guys are on Discord, go to the Break the Rules Discord. You could find that in the description, and I'm gonna post the link to the chat. Uh in the chat. Anyway, Nama, please tell us how you went from the world of uh acting, from the world of true crime into the world of the real crime, which is having this lost generation of uh people and uh what could possibly be done here. Well, I think that's a good description of it. Uh, of course, I get asked this question a lot. I don't really have a neat answer for it. Um, I started my career doing various arts and media things, acting and music and all kinds of stuff. So I was in production. I think when I started this podcast, I was doing actually uh, composing for commercials, so a lot of audio stuff. Um, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts a lot of podcasts about true crime. I really like the genre. I really like the idea of telling stories in audio only form. You know, the constraints of that were really interesting. And I realized throughout the process that I'm a much more auditory than visual learner, which isn't great for a filmmaker. Um, and I sort of came about this word and this topic sometime around 2017, I think. Uh, then I had another happenstance encounter with an incel, which was uh, interesting. So it all just kind of congealed together to this idea of, I started recording our conversations and I found them really compelling. And when so I looked up incels, just did a basic Google search, I saw that there wasn't really a lot of media about it or academic study about it. You know, the few pieces that existed were obviously very, um, you know, <clears throat> biased uh, and polemic. And so, yeah, I just I decided to start. And as I as I really began looking it up in earnest and going on the forums and everything, I found the culture just really interesting. You know, the language was really interesting. I found a lot of it funny. <laughs> I found a lot of it relatable. I thought that they were kind of doing this saying the quiet part out loud about a lot of thoughts that people have. And, you know, for that reason, I, I found them more sympathetic, quickly disabused myself of any notion that these were dangerous people. They clearly weren't. A lot of them wanted to talk and were very um, introspective and inquisitive and, and funny. And so, yeah, that's how it, how it mm. began. Well, in terms of meeting Zero HP for the first time, I'd say to your last statement, the night is still young. So, uh, <laughs> Crooner, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. Hey, uh, so I think I like to term myself as an existentialist, which is I'm a very 21st century boy. I grew up super online, like even in elementary school, 
I was like meeting friends on DeviantArt and like meeting up with them at anime conventions. Uh, my first girlfriends were all like internet girlfriends. And in my life, I've had these like uh, manifest into real relationships. And a huge part of my experience, I'm more of a lonely person in real life, has just been being online. What it is to be a person online in the 21st century as a boy. And I write about this a little bit. So that's what I call existentialism. And um, recently, I've gotten more notable for the e-girl documentary series that I did, which is where I just, uh, how do I say? I tried to talk about the, the games that people play with gender online, what e-girls are doing, um, how boys interact with that. And I try to kind of make the case that they're not so bad. I do, I do like the e-girls. Uh, it's a fun game we play. And it maybe gives a boys a chance when they white knight and things like this to become a hero. And I think this is kind of fun. Yes. Very interesting. So I know, Zero, you don't have as much time. You're going to be here uh, for an hour. But already I want to jump right into this. What do you think about this concept of uh, the uh, hero-ness, of the, uh, the uh, going from someone who you would consider to be, I don't know, a simp, you would say, somebody who would be too overly flirty with the girls into the kind of uh, mode of uh, becoming a hero? What do, you, what do you think of that, Zero? Hello, man. Yes. Uh, before I answer your question, I would like to start with a land acknowledgement, if that is okay. The uh, land uh, that this podcast is uh, being performed on belongs to the old Hyperboreans. Uh, we want to honor the old Hyperboreans and uh, the white race who lived here before before we did this podcast. So, thank you. And I'd also like to do a Nick land acknowledgement thank you nick land i know you are out there listening somewhere in china i hope you are safe okay hyperborea the land the land of nick nick land would you say that nick land even though he's living in china right now he would truly belong in hyperborea i think he would prefer to be located in old Lemuria, to be perfectly frank uh anyway on, on the topic of becoming a hero it's a really interesting choice of words because, as you probably know in the old 4chan speak, to become a hero uh, is to kill yourself. And uh, there are many uh, people who I wish would become a hero. But I think that uh, incels already are heroes, in fact. Maybe you know about pure land, Buddhism, Amitabha Buddhism. You are already enlightened and you only have to realize it. Right, you only have to realize you're already enlightened. And the incel is a hero because he has not uh, committed the sin of having sex, and he's heroically resisted having sex. So I think I think incels already are heroes. To answer your question. All right, and before uh, Kruner and Nama respond to that, Zero, I have been getting in the chat over here about your audio being unintelligible. I would try to. Uh, crank it a little bit more towards the human end if possible not so much the docs but just a little bit more i thought it was good enough apparently it's not but i don't know um nama and then crooner what do you guys think of that well for starters i think that um a lot of time when we talk about uh, sex and celibacy and and sin um there are people that are celibate by choice and those would be vol cells um, perhaps you could consider that heroic because if it's sort of moral, you know, higher ground, but incels 
not that I'm arguing that they're not heroes. Um, some of them might be. I don't think many of them see themselves that way. And a lot of them are very fatalistic and describe themselves as LDAR laying down and rotting or, you know, sort of self-pitying. They're not choosing not to have sex and they might have very sinful thoughts. And a lot of them would have it if they, if they had the option. Some of them are also escort cells that do have sex. So I don't think that that in and of itself, involuntary celibacy, makes someone a hero. That would be perhaps voluntary celibacy, but not necessarily involuntary. Kruna, do you agree? And also, what are your thoughts on Hyperborea? Would you go to Hyperborea? Or rather, would you go to the inner Earth? If you had a chance, would you make contact with the breakaway civilization, go into inner Earth, explore their technology? Yeah, but I would want to come back. So I do think I'm... uh... Like 23andMe and stuff tell me I'm like super, super high Neanderthal. Like I'm in their top 1%. So I'm sure the Hyperborean blood speaks through me from time to time. But my mission is not just to go to Hyperborea. My mission is to go to Hyperborea and bring Hyperborea back to Los Angeles. So, they'll, No, they'll never do it because the Earth right now is not at the place where they're going to be able to trust people with that level of technology. So yeah, It's a game it's... to play. It's, it's like 3D chess. Yes. Wait, Nama, are you familiar with Hyperborea, by the way? I mean, sort of. Probably not as familiar as any, anyone else here. But I'm familiar with the, the concept. Can you explain the concept of Hyperborea? <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to explain it as best as I can. So uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail, and I want things to go back to zero HP as well. But as far as I understand, it's supposed to be this uh, mythic land where the progenitors uh, of the uh, Aryan people come from. That is at least how the uh, mythology goes. But supposedly Hyperborea being in the north is not really where they come from. Supposedly it is in the inner earth, or Garth as it's called, and various different places have uh, secret entrances, including Tibet, to the inner earth and that it's a very closely guarded secret it's a place where you know they don't want any normies to be it's a normie free zone but anyway that is what i know about hyperborea right now or rather that that is all that i could say but back to the back to the discussion so zero what would you say is your opinion of a crooner's approach as far as being romance pilled as far as wanting to woo the ladies is this something that makes sense today in our economy where a lot of guys they don't have a sliver of hope apparently with the way things are going do you think it's still worth it to emit that energy of love or do you want him to go into this more antagonistic mode which i see let's be honest a lot of people in your community, there are a lot more antagonists like Kruner before zero HP. You, I think, described in the Nama's article, I think it was you, the way that people uh, who are, let's say, more fascistic minded act. Like right. alone, yeah. they're not uh, strong, but together. Could you talk a little bit about that? And I'm going to go right to zero. Wait, hold on, zero. I want Kruner to uh, respond, and then, th- then you go. What I said about fascism was, I think it is interesting that there is correlation between incel culture and fascism. My theory behind that was possibly that the incel lacks control because they can't get, you know, even though they want it. And so fascist is a control ideology. But my my critique was that if you look at the fascist statues, like what's his name, like Beaker and stuff, that they're never smiling. They never look like they're having a very fun time. And so I said, I don't think the fascist is live, laugh, loving. And my insight to the incel is that I think you're going to have a better time 
you're just going to have a straight up better time if you try to live that love a little bit. It's just more fun for you. Mm, zero. What do you think? Uh, so I'll be a little more serious this time. You know, a proto-Nazi organization, which uh, this account respects, their motto was actually strength through joy. So I think that uh, the joy of the fascist, um, it manifests a little bit differently to the sort of liberal managerial yeast life uh, that we see today. But, you know, the incel is, incel is a really terrible term. Uh, for several reasons. The incel is not involuntarily celibate. The incel is involuntarily loveless. It's very different. It's so involuntarily as, as Yes, as Nana alluded to, right. like, yeah. you could go see a prostitute at any time and they could have sex. Sex is not what they want. What right. they want is companionship and the affection of a woman. And you cannot buy that. Not really. Uh, so, it's a terrible term. And then there's also the fact that it there's, there's sort of the ideological incel, and then there's a person who merely happens to be involuntarily celibate. I'm actually, uh, I have sex, but I identify as an incel, and I haven't, I've been involuntarily celibate for the last 36 hours. It's very tough on me, which is why I'm here on Facebook's show instead of uh, having sex right now. This is not voluntary. Uh, but, but the ideology of inceldom, uh the reason they tend towards fascism, it's actually, it's, I don't think it's, it's at all to do with wanting control. It's a question of breaking a dam. Because there are a lot of polite lies that we tell in society about women, about how to behave, about how to court them, about how to impress them. And all of these sort of lies, they're, they're nice. They make people feel good, but a lot of them are, are false. And when you realize they're false, you start to realize that a lot of other pretty lies are false too. Lies about race, lies about um, economics, lies about uh, freedom, for that matter. And so you start to sort of reevaluate: is democracy correct? Are, you know, um, is the civil rights movement good? No. And so you start to realize the whole edifice begins to tear down and fascism becomes appealing, not because you want control, but because you begin to see the entire edifice of lies. Yeah. Nama, what do you think? Well, this is an issue that I've come up on a lot um, as someone who's spent, you know, three, four years at this point talking to incels, learning about the ideology, uh, talking to hundreds of them and also kind of studying the characterological predispositions that might make someone be incel and some of the reasons that there is an overlap between incel, the incel community, the ideological incel, as you would describe it, you know, the black pill and the, you know, right-wing extremism, fascism, totalitarianism. For starters, there is a personality type that tends to be more order-driven than chaos-driven. This is that critical theory. No, it's not. Very old. Wait, I didn't hear what you said, but Zira, you gotta let Nama finish uh, her uh, thoughts here. I'm just saying, uh, first of all, I'm not a critical theorist. I wouldn't even describe myself as a, as a liberal. I'm a centrist and I have no political home or really politics to speak of these days. But I just see that there's a, a certain personality type 
that, you know, incels like to rank and rate things. Everything is, you know, done sort of numerically or quantifiably with a lot of issues that maybe aren't, that there are some gray areas in terms of attractiveness and all kinds of other experiences. And when you talk about this truth, right, that we tell these polite lies in society, I agree with that. That's that's the blue pill. I agree that people often look for answers to this and are met with only lies. We find a community where they finally think that people are being honest about some of these issues, and they're right about that. Um, they're far more likely to accept anything from that community as being honest and true, even though it might not be. And maybe we can just agree that the black pill, the studies that are collated to form the black pill, the people who pick these studies, there are flaws to everything. There's a limitation to how much you can see with a study from Tinder, you know? And maybe some of the people that choose these studies don't necessarily have all the answers about politics, about religion, about everything else in the world. They have the answers about this particular specific issue. And I think that allows people to sort of be driven toward other ideologies that maybe aren't, you know, even relevant. I don't think that uh, incels necessarily have the truth about everything. I think they do have the truth about a lot of things. So I, I actually agree with you about the studies uh, being wrong. Like all of the data is sort of collected from a, a very fatalistic perspective. And actually, if you look at it numerically, I think it is right. But love and and romantic love, especially, and wooing a woman, is an irrational act, and it happens out of time and against the world and against uh, you know quantity. So I, I agree with you there. Um, you have to sort of believe things that are exaggerated about yourself mm-hmm. in order to attract a woman and in order to be sexually successful. So like this on this point, I agree. Like the fatalism of the incel is deeply flawed. It's wrong. But uh, the door to the prison lies open, and it's very, very simple. And it is entirely contained on a blog called Chateau Hartiste, which contains all of the keys that the incel needs to escape. Young Codger wants me to make the pitch shifter even deeper. <laughs> So uh, now, yeah, Nama, uh, what do you think of that? Like, I think that there may be some kind of a connection we can make here between you and Zero, despite Zero's more uh, fascistic uh, outlook on uh, what the truth is. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I don't even necessarily disagree with the fascistic outlook. I just don't know that uh, there's enough connection uh, between some of the black pill ideologies to substantiate it, to say that it would necessarily work for incels. Um, Mm. But I do, I think there were some interesting points there. I know Kruner was uh, wanting to respond to a couple of them, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, a few things that um, we you were talking about this point where the incels, like, first of all, I want to say that, like, me and my friends, we don't really like the term, like, incel so much anymore, like, because it, like, doesn't, it has this, like, dead-end connotation to it. So I, I feel like weird using it because i do think the incel needs to re needs to but i think if they reconceptualize themselves instead of being a dead end incel i'm stuck somewhere but how i like to see it they start to conceptualize themselves on a quest on a mythic quest i say for the holy grail because the chalice is feminine um 
then it puts him into more action. A couple of things I wanted to bring up. You're talking about the incel community, though, like having some truth but missing some things. I think one of the things they really do get wrong is their general outlook on women and the feminine. I think like to have the really dark, black-pilled view of the feminine is just like against what human nature really is, like what's going on. Like we are a male, female species and like the spiritual union is very divine. It's like represented in nature. So I think the incels black pill towards women is one of the things they're getting wrong. I think that's not the right way. And it's not good advice for men too. It's not good advice for men because they black pill on women. And then what happens to he's lonely. And I love what Zero said that the incel, it's not like celibacy, it's lovelessness. And I think that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is encourage them to seek the love and ways to do that. And one way to do that is by being loving yourself. And the anti-woman black pill is not going to get you the love that you actually seek. Mm. So if you really want right. that, yeah, you need to do something else. And The black pill doesn't... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But I'm uh, kind of curious here. What do you think about the question of desperation? If, for example, there is a guy who comes out and is all lovey-dovey, would not that signal to the woman that, oh, this guy is so desperate, you know, like, why would I want to uh, have anything to do with him? What would be your answer to that? So this is what I've done in my praxis is I'm nice to girls. Like, I'm nice to girls and loving to girls. And I get girlfriends from time to time. I get female attention. I ha I reject girls sometimes. There are girls who like me. So I see there's this point, like the psychology of women, like, and people get pretty autistic about it. And they're like, if I'm nice to her, she's going to see me as a low status male. I don't think that's necessarily right, man. Like, like maybe that could happen. Sorry, I thought I heard something. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that's my answer to that, is I've done this in practice. I've been nice to girls, and it's gone well for me before. And uh, this doesn't mean you are, like, pathetic. Like, you don't get on your knees and say, I'm so lonely, please give me the puss. Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> Being nice to girls is, is poorly conceived of in the incel frame. You can be nice to women, and in fact, they quite like it. But first, you have to not need them. The most important thing is the, the absolute indifference to whether they approve of you or not. And it's really that simple. And if you want a masterclass in, in charming women and understanding them, you should read the book Lonesome Dove. Uh, I think by Larry McMurdy is his name. This is Boomer, classic Western, incredible novel. And it has so much realistic psychology of a man and a woman. You read these characters and they're all in love with the same prostitute. But one of them, she gives her love too freely because it explains sort of all the subtleties of, of the demeanor and the way that he treats her. And what it really is, is that all the other men want something from her. And they're a little bit ashamed of it, and they're, they're a little bit, uh, they don't know how to comport themselves. Because they see her not just as an object of, of desire, but as an object that is going to sort of rescue them. And the one man who doesn't see her that way, the man who doesn't need to be rescued, who's fully sufficient of himself, who's a rock unto himself, she instantly was. And you can be as nice or as mean to a woman as you want. The trick is you need to not need them at all. I swore off women for nine months one time. And, uh, you know, I had been on a bit of a bender before that. And I decided I'm going to uh, just not even date women, not even talk to women. I don't even want to be around them. I couldn't peel them off of me. 
it's like they sensed it. They saw that I didn't want them, and they just uh, squeezing my muscles, eyeing me, uh, touching me brutally. Very difficult to help isolate myself. But I think not everyone can be a hero, but any man can become self-sufficient. And this is what women like, even if you're short, even if you're ugly. Uh, but you should take a bath. Hmm. But what do we do with people like uh, Lucas, for example? I love that video crooner you did about Lucas and his room. But here you have this guy who's not the oh, best-looking guy. Kimber. He's got these brown nipples, you know, these dark brown nipples. He's looking all hairy like some, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, but it's like when you look at this guy, it's like he was dealt a really bad uh, card, <laughs> you know? So, like, what do we do with that guy, you know? How, how is that guy going to make it? He's not large. He was a, a child. Uh, he was a pedophile. He's not going to make it. <laughs> but even if he, but even if he was not, for all the people in the world who look like Lucas, you know, who are not that tall, not that handsome, like that is that is maybe where just be nice, bro. Just be yourself, bro. That's not gonna make it. Like I don't know, Crooner. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. And so this is where the heroic quest mythos comes in that I think the incel needs to start thinking of themselves more as uh, kind of, I like to use the image of an Arthurian knight on a quest for something. And this is where it's the journey. It's kind of a hero's journey thing. So what does the Lucas guy do? Well, like there's subtle things he can do to make like slight differences to like help him get some sort of love. So I mean, first of all, like Lucas was chubby, right? Like that's not like some like, card you're dealt by fate then you're screwed over forever like you could say what's one little thing i could do to like get me closer to being the type of person who could get a girlfriend that's what you want to imagine like a more ideal of yourself what type of what version of me would maybe get a girlfriend and then you compare yourself to this ideal do little things you can do maybe for lucas who was going to the gym maybe for lucas who was put some nice furniture in his bedroom you know <laughs> It's these little things you do. And even if you do all these things and you don't get a girlfriend, but look how much better of a person you are. And this plays into Zero's self-sufficiency thing. Uh, you're becoming a more idealized version of yourself. Maybe it's you got to get a job. Maybe move out of your parents' house. Would this help me get a girlfriend? And even if you don't get the girlfriend, you're going to become a better version of yourself. And that's determinism. I think maybe uh, Lucas predisposed to filthy hobble and uh, chummy physique. Uh, is there a limit? I mean, some people just can't get better. What do you think of that career? I couldn't exactly hear you. Were you just saying what about oh, people who I'm just sorry. can't get better? Yeah, bio-determinism. Bio do you believe in bio-determinism? Vital determinism? Bio-determinism. I knew a girl who had a gland disease. And in the kindergarten, she was obese, and she's always going to be obese. So this, yeah, sure, there is a biodeterminism here. There's other things you could do, though. Like, you know, we were talking about women's psychology. Women also get attracted to things like competency, right? And like dominance in a field or domain. So if you're stuck being fat because you have a gland disease, well, how about you become like the most beautiful poet or singer like you can imagine or like you maybe find a passion and you just top dog you become the best anthropologist in california and then maybe some young grad student look at g's ex-wife you seen his wedding photo it happens there's like the ugly fat girl 
So, but but then it, there's the question of whether they're falling in love because, or whether they are falling in love, or are they there for the fame, for the power, and then as soon as that goes away, everything else goes away too. Well, or, yeah, Nama, what do you think? I think first of all, um, I think women speaking as one. You know, I know anecdotal evidence means nothing to everyone here, but women are genuinely attracted to artists, types, creatives, people that are talented. You know, incels call it status maxing and they speak about it very cynically, but it is genuine attraction. Um, and secondly, I think what is interesting about, you know, Pruner's idea, this approach, as opposed to just the, the general, you know, and I wrote about this in the article, make yourself the best you can. You work on yourself, bro. You know, just work on yourself, bro. Don't think about girls, find a hobby, all of that, you know, useless kind of blue-pilled normie advice is that that lacks the inspiration. It lacks the narrative pull, the poetry. And when you tell someone something like that, for me even, just personally, if I'm in love with someone and my heart is broken or something, and or I'm lovelorn, and someone says, well, just work on yourself, that's not very inspiring. And it feels um, depressing. And it feels kind of cold. And uh, you know, on the other hand, if someone says, do something, you know, do these things for love, that's very inspiring. Many people are um, moved to do great things in life, to create great works of art, to become great athletes, to make great scientific discoveries from out of love. And whether they end up achieving or obtaining that particular love that they wanted, first of all, their life is filled with, with meaning and poetry and richness, and, um, and they've made something of it, and it has a story. And they will find love probably somehow after that with maybe someone else. I've also just found that incels, for whatever reason, when I tweeted out, you know, all your, your tweets, your content, the, the knights, uh, you know, you're not an incel, you're an Arthurian knight on a quest for the Holy Grail. And these other ideas, they all responded with some kind of interest. They usually sneer at everything, like a lot of my audience and my followers. And it just, it wasn't the case. You know, people even liked uh, the piece about uh -huh. becoming heroes. So there's something, there's something to it. There's some kind of, you mm. know, imagery that, that speaks to people. Well, and in a way, I think this is what Zero HP and his audience also does, where you have a community that supports each other and you have uh, written works. Like Zero, you're a very prolific writer. God-shaped hole, wonderful uh, read. Recommend everybody check that out. And your new work as well. What is the name of your new work, by the way? Oh uh, well, I have a few. My my more recent story, "Don't Make Me Think," but then I also release a book. Uh, they had no deepness of earth, which is a compilation of my stories, free PDF. I will uh, share the link. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah. But uh, but the point I'm getting to here is that you have an audience and you do support more authoritarian things that I happen to be against, while at the same time, I'm not even sure how much you think that a lot of these things are going to come to fruition. It almost seems at the end of the day, kind of like that phrase, you know, the real jihad was the friends we made along the way. It almost seems like an excuse just to be able to hang out and uh, crack wise with uh, people who uh, share your uh, beliefs. Would you say that at the end of the day, if you get nothing else or your uh, friends and audience get nothing else out of it, that alone is enough? 
No, I want every single person on Earth to come to uh, have a personal and loving relationship with Adolf Hitler and invite him into their hearts as their Lord and Savior. I uh, am a fan of Savitri Devi and uh, Helen Blavatsky and also... Uh, what about R Rudolf Steiner? What do you think of Steiner? Well, I don't know, but Nama, I want to ask you, do you like Sylvia Plath? Poem, every woman adores a fascist, the boot in the face, the brute, brute heart of a brute like you. It's a great poem, familiar with it. One um, of my favorites. Yeah, I, I, I understand that the sentiment, uh, and that's this is something that you'll find uh, in red pill communities to break us down into pills, reductive little pills. Uh, this idea that, you know, women aren't attracted to cucks, soy boys, whatever it is, nice guys. Um, whether that's true or not, maybe it is. <laughs> I think that we're kind of dancing around the same idea here, which is that some of these things are done for love, even if it's a very circuitous path toward it. You know, even following a certain politics is seen as, as more attractive. So that's done for love. On the other hand, things that are done for love might lead you toward your your true ideology, your passion, your calling. Either way, both are quests, right? And both quests take you somewhere further. They allow you to transcend the place that you're currently at. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that's why I think that any of these approaches are, are worthy and that something like the black pill doesn't even claim to be worthy or to be good advice. You know, it doesn't claim to be good advice at all. It's just this is the truth. There's nothing you can do. It's absolutely futile. Um, no promise of anything better, which some people might see as comforting in and of itself. doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. And Nama, where do you see the misunderstanding that people would have, let's say, the normies would have towards people like Zero HP? Oh, I think the misunderstandings are vast and infinite. So, I mean, where do we even begin? Uh, Normies now are so kind of frenzied and alarmist that they're constantly looking for the extremist and, and the fascist and the neo-Nazi and the person that's going to kill them next. You know, the, the evil right-wingers, the evil incels who are going to kill their daughters. <laughs> that guy. Um, and, you know, they've taken the humanity out of everything. They're shooting themselves in the foot because all this hysteria is you know, great recruitment material for actual causes like that. Um, but it's also just untrue. You know, we, we have to remember that people are people and ideas are ideas. And someone with an idea that you might not find very sympathetic isn't necessarily dangerous and usually is not. I mean, there's a very, very low base rate of any community with any kind of idea that is going to be violent or dangerous. So... Mm. Well, mostly it seems like there's a lot of uh, people who, when they become men of action, the glowing is attached to them. You know, people consider them to be feds. Anybody who actually does end up uh, rising up. I think sometimes that's just a kind of a jealousy or sour grapes or it just it's the paranoia that is endemic to any community like that. You know, when you see somebody starting to, and there's a lot of petty rivalries and things in these communities too. Um, when you see someone sort of starting to get more attention or branch out to a bigger audience or 
be rewarded or recognized for things that you know maybe you're not being then there's a tendency to want to call them uh say that they're a plant that they're a honeypot that they're a fed that they're backed by dhs which they're not and so on <laughs> but uh what exactly do we come out of this with so we have this very tumultuous environment right now the shootings are not getting any better again people would label a lot of the same glowing activity to things that are going on where everything that's going on in the real world is perceived to be fake while things that are going on online are perceived to be a lot more realistic where i think i know zero if you'd agree with me here people who are in the normie sphere are seen as being a lot more fake as being a lot more robotic acting to these impulses while people who are more online i guess the idea is that they've been through everything you know they went from being communist to a fascist to an esoteric hitlerite to whatever where they're so used to seeing these patterns do you think that a lot of the people who are on that side are now a little bit more in control since they kind of know what the propaganda is and are more on the outlook for it. Uh, are you asking me? Or? I, I'm curious about Zero's uh, answer, but I would love to uh, get an answer from you guys as well. I notice Zero is muted right now. I don't know if uh, you would unmute yourself or no, or what is going on on your end, but let me know, Zero. Zero just messaged. He said that he's going to take a break for a minute and he's going to be right back. All right. While Zero is taking a break, I would love to hear from you guys. But also, if you guys have anything in the comments that you would want to ask, comment, sneed those super chats right now. Let's fill up the super chat bar. And also, patreon.com slash break the rules. If you become a patron, you are going to get very beautiful magnets created by my father, Alexander Polyakov. Believe you me, they are very beautiful. That is going to be for the $20 tier. Look at the quality of this. these things. $5 patrons also get Patreon appearances, uh, MP threes of the episodes various other things and 50 dollar patrons are going to get custom magnets of whatever design you want that's what i want to say there and uh crooner and then nama how would you guys answer this question i don't remember the question the question all right, all right. so uh the question has to do with um whether the real world has become fake and the online world has become a lot more real, where people are much more perceptible, at least like the average people who are spending a lot more time online are a lot more perceptive to the truth, while people who are on the outside are getting hypnotized by a lot of the social media because maybe they're not as used to it. They're not used to the AI, the algorithm, being able to manipulate the way that they talk and act and all that. Hmm. First thing I'm thinking of is I just went to Montana recently, in the summer and hung out with a bunch of people who had dumb phones and that felt like the most real thing i was experiencing um in regard to what is true because it was just like kind of the simple life that was going on like what they were doing oh where are we gonna go eat like these these things were like real and true um i see zero's back so maybe you should ask zero this question so, uh, Zero, the question that I was asking before was whether you think the online world, the people within it have become, you know, at least the people who are used to it, have become a lot more in the realm of truth as opposed to the people who are on the outside, the normies, who are being hypnotized by a lot of these algorithms into being more robot-like, much more robotic than your voice. No, I think only about me. Uh, what did the, the Chinese communists believe that about a person in 20 is capable of real mental autonomy? And uh, I also believe this. I think most people are 
born slaves. And I think that's okay. I don't think we should denigrate them. I think we should do the best that we possibly can for them. Uh, but no, both the online realm and, and the world of meat, the world of atoms, they are equally real because we are both physical and spiritual beings and we inhabit both realms. But you're setting a certain limitation to people where I'm not saying that there aren't differences between you know various people, but what you're saying, it seems to me, is that once you're in that certain zone, you can't really get out of it. And that's where I disagree. I think people are still flexible enough where maybe not over a lifetime, but maybe over the course of generations, people can start uh, changing. People can start becoming smarter or dumber. Like, do, uh, do, the, do, you, do you see what I mean? Your, the belief in your own autonomy is necessary in order to be autonomous. So it's not really useful for anyone to think of themselves as a slave. Uh, but it is still very much the case. I don't think there's any kind of a test you can use. You can't just wave a wand and go, oh, this person has no soul. This person does. Uh, so it doesn't benefit anyone to teach people, oh, you're a slave or you're not, because you could be wrong. There's no test about it. But the fact is that uh, most people just won't. And this can be an incredibly arrogant thing to say that how it can sound. And I don't, I don't say this lightly or because I desire to feel better than other people. Quite the opposite. I am perpetually heartbroken and disappointed by the low level of consciousness that I encounter in many of the people around me. Nama, any thoughts? Well, I think that this is an issue of degrees. I don't think people are necessarily slaves or not slaves, autonomous or not. I think there are sort of various levels of autonomy uh, that people can sort of come in and out of, you know, lift themselves up out of, sink back down into over the course of, of a life or even a day. Um, I do think that, you know, there's even research that suggests that people are kind of less maybe autonomous, that self-determination or willpower is not really a thing. I don't really believe that. That sort of positivist, determinist idea that we are actually just, you know, synapses firing. I do think everyone has a soul. I don't think that anyone can really say that whether someone else does or doesn't or, or judge it, whether it's right or wrong. I also don't really think that people change throughout history. I think that people remain essentially the same. I mean, you know, not standing evolution and things like that. Um, but human nature and the ability to sort of be autonomous, I think that there is more um, potential for, for control mechanisms, for societal control now with, with the internet, with some things like TikTok and some other, you know, kind of subtle technologies that, that can be used for that sort of thing. And we see it in some places. Um, and I think to your, your original question, which was whether the online people are more in control than the, you know, the normies, I think that I wouldn't say that they're more in control, but I would say that um, that the normies are possibly a little bit more out of control than the very online people now. They're they're more hysterical. They're more frenzied. They are more affected by these, you know, the, the news cycle and the sort of fear mongering that we see a lot. I think that they're more vulnerable to it, more susceptible to it. Whereas very online people, like you said, they have media literacy. They're kind of more independent thinkers. They're not as swayed by these things. So I think there is truth to that. Um, but I still think that the vast majority of people fall into the, the mm. latter of the normies. 
Where do you think this is all uh, going? And I would love for uh, Nama to actually start this one, then Crooner, and then Zero. Uh, where do you think it's going in terms of this idea of, you know, Klaus Schwab, the Great Reset, live in the pod, eat the bugs, this idea that maybe this is all being done intentionally and that eventually there's not going to be a middle class, there's only going to be the technocrats on top, and then the masses in the bottom who are going to be seduced by the algorithm and just acting even more robotic than they already are. I think Nietzsche wrote something about that as well, about the last man. So, I don't know. Nama, Kruner, what do you guys think? And then Zero. I'll just really quickly say, I don't like to make predictions, just in general. Um, I think that... There's a lot to suggest that that's happening now. <laughs> you know, you look for what's the end game in all of this. Um, why are societies breaking down? Why are you know male-female relationships breaking down? Families breaking down? Why are so at odds with each other? And it does not seem to be pointing in a natural, healthy, positive direction for humanity. And it does seem that usually when these things happen, there is someone benefiting or some group of people benefiting. So. In many ways, it looks like that's going on, what you described, mm. um, and that's quite apocalyptic. But I think that a lot of things can look a lot of ways at any given point in time. Obviously, in history, many people have thought that this was the case uh, when maybe it wasn't. And, and before and, and before Kruner, what about relationships? I want to make sure that in this question, you would also talk a little bit about, and I know you don't like making predictions, but where you see relationships going with the assistance of the algorithm. And also, we have a uh, another guest, King Salmonfish, who was in the chat. He was here before. He's a really fun guy. If it's all right with you guys, since I know Zero's going to have to leave, I think King Salmonfish could come in here and take over. He's from around the same area, and he's, he's a lot of fun. So if it's all right with you I, guys. I'm a big fan of King Salmonfish, and I would like to note that he was one of the Passage Visual Art winners. He is a man of great power. And we're going to bring the man of great, great power here shortly. But Nama, in relation to relationships and the AI algorithm taking over, where do you possibly see that going? It's disastrous. It's absolutely calamitous, disastrous. When you're talking about dating apps, I mean, there's been nothing worse for, you know, dating and male-female relationships than that, I think. First of all, these are these are corporations that do seek to monetize your time. There are all kinds of little tricks that they use to do that, get people paying and staying on them longer. So there's that element of it. Secondly, when you reduce people to, you know, a 2D, a tiny little 2D low res photograph and a few words for a bio and allow parameters, you know, selection of parameters, height minimum, income minimum, all these other things, age requirements, then many people don't even get the chance to begin with. This is not how attractions really form. I'm not saying that they can't form online, Kruner, because I, I agree that they can, but it, it's uh, that's different. That's a meeting in a different context. You know, I think that when people meet with the purpose of, I don't know, this weird like interview process of the of the date and all the other things that go along with it, I think it's really bad for human relationships. I hope that um, that those things become obsolete soon and that people just stop using them and i think that they will you know um and hopefully that will kind of reset things and politics don't continue to drive men and women apart because they are doing that too. so i think there's a lot of forces against us but mm. we're and hopefully we can overcome them crooner anything to add to that buddy it's possible that the only way out is through it and like um maybe the like 
the AI algorithm relationships are going to get more and more intense. There's this fantasy I have. I really like that. Like people are going to get more invested in their AI girlfriends, like replica and stuff like this, but this is going to get a lot more popular. And I hope one day that this like sparks the need in us to find real romance. Like we're going to get so sick of our AI stuff. We're going to like have like a return to true love. My, my fantasy is that there's going to be like future pride cons and stuff like this. Uh, people are going to have their AI lovers, right, on their app. That's going to start to get involved in the whole LGBTQ thing. And then one day, one day, a boy and a girl are going to go to some cafe at an AI love pride con. Uh, and everyone's talking to their AI lover. And these boy and the girl are going to see themselves across the room in the cafe. And then they're going to find real love. And the whole AI thing was just for the sake of these two lovers meeting. And Yeah. Huh, I mean, I don't know, like zero HP. What do you, what do you think of that? How does that kind of future strike you? I think that was the plot of a Black Mirror episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, good! It's so good. I, I know which one you're talking about, where the guys end up making it, right? Yeah, they have to like escape the simulation that tells them they're not really supposed to be together. Exactly. I think maybe uh, first two seasons of Black Mirror, when it was run by BBC. Much better than Netflix. Episode three, no, season three episode about Facebook nosedive. Much panned by critics. Best episode, most predictive of, of our future state. But I, I'll answer a couple of your earlier questions. Well, um, WF, Klaus Schwab, Great Reset. There is no giant global conspiracy. There are many small factions that are opportunists vying for power. And they are wiping and they are morons. They really thought they could print money forever and there would not be inflation. That wasn't propaganda. That was self-like soothing psychosis. We are ruled by retards. Everything they have done in the past two years, really in the past two decades, has been retarded. And occasionally they get one right, but advanced stupidity is indistinguishable from malice and it comforts people to think it's some grand plan but it's not we are ruled by idiots and there are factions of, of organized opportunists who occasionally come in and make it look like they had a plan there's no plan however uh, i highly recommend reading a book from the 1990s all about uh, esoteric hitlerism and uh, nazi artifacts mysteries and uh ancient kings uh is very important conspiracy to understand why are there masonic obelisks in so many cities all over the world important to understand but where is it going all of these evils and breakdowns in male and female relationships is not down to dating apps or the internet or any such thing as this it is all squarely on the feet of the, the pharmaceutical companies Every social catastrophe is hormonal and biological in nature. Birth control pills and antibiotic shots to your penis are the two main causes of sexual dystopia. Sex should not be safe. Sex should be dangerous. If you have sex, you should risk a baby or a disease. And norms around lifelong pair bonding and marriage and family raising are only sustainable in uh, biological conditions where having sex always has risks and consequences. And the most reactionary thing that anyone in the world can do 
would be uh, something I can't say on YouTube, and it involves the factories where they manufacture these pills. Mm. Well, I appreciate you uh, being respectful for the YouTube channel, uh, but when it comes to this, I believe uh, Aiden Paladin did a video talking about how when uh, women take birth control, it uh, does something to their preference for uh, mates. And I know, Nama, uh, being a woman yourself, if there's anything you would want to add about uh, the uh, the chemicals, about how that... Yeah. I think it's true. I mean, I think that it certainly has an effect. And I think that, you know, uh, antibiotics and, and birth control have certainly changed uh, the nature, the contract of, of sex, which has had an effect as well. Um, you know, the, the sexual revolution and all that. But I don't think that they're the sole explanation. I don't think everything comes down to biology. You know, I think that there are spiritual reasons. I think that there are political reasons, psychological reasons, and technological reasons all. So I think it's a bit more complex than just, you know, ill. Mm. And uh, really quick, uh, King Salmonfish, you keep going in and out like a fish that's jumping up and the fisherman thinks that they caught it and it just went down. And so, oh, look at that beautiful dog. Look at that beautiful pooch. What's the name of the dog? Jack. Deck, that is a beautiful dog. So I know uh, Zero, there's, you're going to be uh, signing out soon because you do have to uh, go. You have uh, an hour. But uh, this would be kind of like a tag team where you would bring in King Salmonfish over here with his beautiful dog Deck. But Crooner, you have a point. I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Right. Uh, so going back actually was uh, one of my favorite things that Zero said was when he said the incel uh, already is a hero. And I, I do like that, but I don't think it's because they're not having sex. That's what you said. I do think the incel who's living in like the modern conditions and is in a loveless state and is persisting nevertheless is doing something heroic. But they have the chance from that place to also take the villain pill and become an Elliot Roger or something like this, which I interpret as being villain pilled from a place of hurt. But so the, the incel who's persisting, loveless, and the modern society, for whatever reason, um, can also become even more heroic than he already is. And this is when he takes the active stance to become the kind of questing knight and get out of the black pill, get out of the I'm an incel, and do what he can to uh, make the world a better place, make his life a better place, become a more idealistic version of himself. And I think that's even more heroic than what he's already doing. I agree that he is heroic. Being the incel is tough to be loveless but he could become even better and i think that's you do that by introducing mythos to incel culture because i think our, our mythos in the incel culture uh joker and stuff it doesn't lead to a to a place of heroism and i mm. think that would be that would be like just i mean it would just be better for the incels themselves like they will have a more fun life maybe challenging but like just a better quality of life to give the incel better mythos, heroic mythos, to what they're already going through um, from that place of hurt to grow from it, kind of develop a pearl and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So this is bringing it back. So Zero, you have to go right now, but any final thoughts on Kruner's statement and anything you want to uh, leave uh, with us, be it Satri Devi or uh, Kundalini, uh, reverse Kundalini, because we didn't even talk about that whole stuff, because if we're talking about the transmutation of sexual energy, 
one of the things that the incels could do is they could practice breathing techniques and get that transmute that sexual energy up through their spine through the chakras and uh, achieve enlightenment so that is another that is another possible option uh zero what do you think of crooner's uh, statement and what do you think of that uh, I think that Kruner's instinct to create an ideology which counters the incel ideology is uh, not mistaken, but it will need to be much more powerful and involve uh, things which are mythic, which are incomprehensible to the layman and which require deep investment and study, because the incel masters a large body of knowledge and he must be given a, a sort of... Uh, a way in to something which is deeper. A quest, a quest is one way to think about it, but the quest, the Arthurian legend, is really quite small without all of Christianity underwriting it and all of theology and, and all these histories. So it must be very deep and very powerful. And uh, I also wanted to agree with Nava, who said that it's not all down to biology, it is also spiritual, because this is true in, uh, I think, the year was 1946, when L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons' famous series of sex magic rituals, Babylon Working, inspired by Alice's Babylon Working, opened a portal to uh, other dimensions and uh, kind of sexual hell. So there is a spiritual dimension as well. I think this is true. You should read. Uh, Leader yeah. 49, the Book of Babylon. This is important to understand. Mm. And, uh, yes, Indeed it is. And, and hopefully King Salmon Fish could expand on that as well as we uh, swim uh, upriver uh, into the uh, realms of the esoteric. But Zero HP, always a pleasure to have you on, buddy. I appreciate it. And I wish you the very best with your uh, literature and uh, hope to see you soon. Yes, thank you, Mike. Everybody follow Zero HP Lovecraft on Twitter at... Uh, how do they follow you for the audio listeners? I think they will understand. Zero X four nine F A nine eight. Thank you to whoever posted it in the chat. And check out my WordPress for a free PDF of all my fictions. Yes, indeed. All right, Zero. Thank you so much for coming in, buddy. Look forward to talking to you soon. So uh, we're going to go right now to King Salmonfish, the king of all the salmonfish, who is a human being, because being a salmonfish, becoming a human being is like the highest achievement that you can get, you know, going from a salmonfish to you're not going to become a god, but you can become a man. So by becoming a man, you have achieved the highest form that a salmon fish could ever hope to achieve. You could even have a beautiful pet dog like you have over here. So anyway, King Salmon Fish, what did you think of the conversation so far? Any thoughts? We can take this wherever we want to take this. But also, Nama and Crooner, how are you guys doing time-wise? Because I want to be respectful of your time. It is 2.30 p.m. right now. Let me know. I'm fine. I'm fine for now. Probably about half hour, though. I, you know, it is kind of dependent on my on my daughter. So. All right. Perfect. All right. So, King King Salmonfish, uh, uh, go off, go off, King. All right. So, uh, I mean, I've been having a lot of conversations recently. Some really intense stuff has been going down. I just set up like an impromptu thing here. I just like got off work. Actually, I kind of uh, had to tell. Uh, Nobody listens to me. Nobody has any sympathy. It doesn't fucking matter, and that's good. And that's kind of my point with some of this stuff, where it's like, um, I don't even know where to begin. So I've been doing work on like female sexual selection mechanisms and 
all kinds of advanced psychology, like depression, PTSD, psychedelics, like all this stuff um, where like, I'm not hearing anybody say any of this stuff that I figured out. Um, so first of all, I was talking about in the chat, um, you know, people talk about pornography and testosterone levels, microplastics, all this stuff. Um, but I actually realized something based off, you know, the lobster study that Jordan Peterson's famously talking about all the time. Um, so serotonin and testosterone are effectively like modulating systems to help you behave appropriately for a given context, um, which is to kind of make it a little bit different than saying hierarchy, which might confuse people. Um, so they're like, you know, they modulate your behavior and your biology and everything so that you have like a greater chance in whatever context you're in. Maybe you literally just got the shit kicked out of you and you're on the, you know, bottom floor. Like that might be what it is. Um, so what happens is if you're literally using social media, this technology that everyone completely overcomplicates, but is ultimately just emails and has only ever been emails, uh, which is a useful reductive abstraction. Um, you can elaborate on it extensively into like Baudrillard and hyperreality. It's far more interesting, but like, if you want to make it simple enough to be useful in a sense, it's emails. So you're corresponding with people, you're talking to people. And like, if you aren't winning, every single time that you lose it's modulating your testosterone levels down it's causing a hormonal dysregulation and emotional dysregulation and it's got this whole crazy set of like imagistic properties which can cause you to end up in a uh, like completely dysfunctional dissonant frame of reference which fucks up your orienting mechanisms and like your literally everything all the way from like autonomic nervous system through the limbic system through the frontal like abstracting you know build your own timeline and pick a thing systems like your, your entire mental model is completely fried, uh, which is basically the exact same thing that uh, Yuri Bezmenov was talking about with the KGB uh, demoralization essentially means that you don't have a functional and coherent enough moral framework and thus are literally and psychologically incapable of responding to the situation or taking appropriate action because you don't live in reality. Um, so like you're completely subverted and then you can be easily destroyed because it's like, imagine, like I was telling my friend this the other day, imagine if you're like on a battlefield, right. And there's a hundred thousand dudes and you're by yourself and like you, like everyone is just dicking around and you can literally just walk through them and go like shank the like commanding officer. Cause he's dicking around too, you know? And it's like, it's not that hard actually, but it's like. You might not even know that that's what's going on, that they're completely and utterly dysfunctional. Um, and like I was trying to explain, like, OK, um, you know, for all the people that have been canceled, like have any of them actually been canceled for all the people that have been like threatened violently? There's barely any uh, significant people I can even think of that anything has really happened to, uh, you know, like, yes, there was riots. Shit got burnt to the ground, like a number of people died, um, like that kind of thing. But that was almost just random consequences of chaos um which is to say that if you actually look at the data what you'll find is um an overwhelming majority are effectively on the same page but have a form of psychological alienation that is self-reinforcing and self-policing it's like well you know everyone finds me completely unacceptable uh so like but everyone actually feels the same way that you feel and you're all policing each other and nobody really believes in any of this stuff uh because you put on your pants and you pay you're fucking three dollars for a cup of coffee. You don't believe in postmodernism. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't you're not a nihilist. Your body's not wired to be nihilistic, which is ultimately to say 
don't use social media unless you're winning and it doesn't matter what kind of winning it is like it could be the most arbitrary thing or if you're going to end somebody's whole career you might as well like really be convinced in yourself that it serves some type of purpose like self-deceit hmm. won't help you you know well, be, before uh before i get to nama and crooner about this because it's a very interesting thing you're bringing up here king salmon fish when it comes to dating when it comes to conversations with e-girls what do you think about that in relation to winning are people like crooner winning when they engage with the belle delphines of the mm-hmm. world well, I mean, it, it depends on your definition of winning. Like if winning is getting laid or getting into a relationship, getting married, however you want to define that exactly. Or maybe you're just trying to fuck around and be ridiculous. Like that can also be winning. Um, but like, no, actually, uh, I had to tell I have a friend and I'm not going to like say who he is exactly. But, you know, um, having seen a lot of this like mass shooter psychology and having read a lot of these manifestos and honestly having enough personal life experience and having kind of made it through these challenges by some means and made like choices that didn't result in me, you know, like horribly depressed, you know, like I was literally horribly depressed for a long time, like completely all my relationships in my life were completely destroyed. Like I lived in my fucking truck in the middle of the winter and it was too cold to fucking, it's not reasonable. I didn't have any food, like, like literally been in a mansion and then been in the fucking gutter and then, you know, just over and over again, this type of stuff. And uh, what I realized is basically um, like I come from an unbroken chain of thousands of years of male ancestors and not like this is the set of excuses that people use. Right. Okay, so fat, disgusting, smelly, ugly, ape like retarded, poor, like literally none of those ever like prevented a single one of my ancestors from succeeding. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) just the way that you said all your excuses out the fucking window there's something about you that you can justify to yourself like you justify the things you do to yourself so like learn to sell it learn to fucking sell it be a romantic Mm -hmm. it's not a geopolitical ideology you can't even afford a fucking apartment like okay (laughs) you start with cleaning your room bucko and then you can murder your father you know what i mean or whatever it is all right, Kruner, any any thoughts there? Yeah, I, I agree. And like, even if you you do these things where you find the thing to brand yourself, sell yourself, you're doing something, even if this doesn't result in you getting the love you want, it's still kind of epic. You're still living, laughing, loving and having a good time. And yeah, it makes, I, I also think we, we die one day, you know, life, 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 life. And, and if you can make your, uh, like your story, it's kind of freaking cool like as epic as possible fun like your life's more enjoyable and you mm. are probably more likely to if you're doing this and acting out of this place or one i'm religious too so i do think god helps you along the way if you take up this kind of heroic mindset i do think he'll like give you opportunities and you have to be brave to like catch these winds and sail um yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i agree with you mm. okay you said you said the key word okay so nobody wants to face this right now what's happening okay gas prices are like a gallon, right? So what's the problem with this? Well, it's when there's a lack of great men, there's no role model for the good men. The middle class dream where you just want everyone to leave you the fuck alone ceases to be possible when everything is directly interfering with your life all the time. Suddenly the wife's telling you you're sleeping on the fucking couch and like you better literally overthrow the entire world or you're not getting any tonight. 
like you better literally like overthrow i don't care what it is i don't give a shit like fucking do it so like technically every middle class husband becomes insufficient when gas makes life untenable when there's psychopathic monsters who inherited levers of power that literally i realize something crazy as fuck and it's it's like okay so let's say you were given literally everything like none of us here even have that no matter how like you know whatever okay you're given literally everything so what do you end up having is literally nothing you have no opportunity and can never like have an adventure or a process of like people literally treat you like shit like you're literally nobody fuck you and i have no sympathy for you whatsoever as a young man like nobody does that to you and like that's you absolutely need to basically completely ruin your fucking life uh you basically need to completely do that um or you'll just like be i mean like look at these people i'm I'm not i mean like at this point they're like destroying literally everything so i I don't it's Mm. not even really a choice for me to just say like i don't know maybe they should uh uh, well, now, uh, from uh, from the perspective, from the female perspective, uh, Nama, I'm curious what you think about the following. So if we're talking about people like that Twilight Zone episode with that guy who dies, he thinks he's in heaven because he wins all the gambling games and he has all the women he wants, but he realizes he's in hell. Do you yeah. think there's a similar thing happening in terms of women and social media, especially very beautiful women uh, like yourself, where uh, you have this issue where you're constantly yes. being rewarded for posting images of yeah. yourself and it just becomes this cycle? Uh, what a, is this a personal hell a lot of women are living in today? Yes, I think that's horribly damaging. Um I think it will not end up making women happy. You know, we talk about all these different things and everyone here knows about neurotransmitters and dopamine and, you know, the dopaminergic surges you get when you get likes and things and comments on photographs for women. It's so very easy. I talked about this with Kruner too, just like posting, you know, a picture of oneself can lead to tons and tons of those. It does have a numbing effect. It does lead to somewhat of a tolerance and probably really literally depresses the chemicals in your brain for a baseline, which is what we're talking about baseline. This also applies when it comes to dating. You know, if a woman, a conventionally attractive woman just puts up a, you know, photograph of herself and makes a profile, she has this illusion of infinite swipe, illusion of infinite options, one always better than the next. It's not real, you know, it's the illusion of that. Um, And it leads to, you know, a making of, of choices and needing to kind of choose how to eliminate possibilities. This isn't real attraction. This isn't real romance. This isn't real chemistry. This is nothing. And these young women who live this way and from a very young age, you know, get their high this way. I don't know what effect it will have long-term, but it's not going to be a good one. It's not going to be a good one for relationships. I do think that people are resilient and that, you know, young women who might go through this will sort of grow up and and mature and and realize as they begin to live their life that it's not all about those likes and social media and what other people think. I think that's a process that people have gone through, you know, for a long time that, you know, you Mm. get to a certain age, you're not a teenager anymore, and you realize that it's not really about that. Life isn't really about that. Um, But I think it has a really damaging effect for, for the women and for the men that feel left out. And I think, you know, to Kruner's point about making your life epic. Um, I think that that is, you know, life is is short and and that is, why not? You know, why not do that with your life? 
Um, I think that's where mythos is so important because I don't think there is, there aren't really adequate ones today. And so, you know, when it's so difficult to seemingly get attention, I mean, you brought up King Simon Fish, brought up mass shooters. Obviously, I do a lot of work about mass shooters. I just wrote a piece about them today and last week constantly because we have so many of them. Um, a lot of these young men, you see their history. They tried. They went to the military for a stint. Didn't work out for them. They tried to be a recording artist. It didn't work out for them. You know, they are usually narcissistic and they feel unseen and they feel unrecognized. They try to make their lives epic in these ways, these limited ways. When it doesn't work out for them, they go the dark way and make it epic by being villainous. And, you know, so that's that's the problem where you tell people that they need to make their lives epic. And I completely agree that, that they should, but I think that's Mm. Uh, so I think. Oh, uh, King Samifish, hold on a second. Crooner, uh, go for it. Yeah, I think on that, it's important to illustrate to these guys um, what the hero pill means. And this is involving that the hero does always suffer, and the real hero has these tragic moments. They always have the lows. So I think King Salmonfish was talking about, uh, like, being kind of constantly winning or something like this. But, you know, if you hit the low, I think there's a coping mechanism, which is where you kind of take the redemptive mindset. And when you hit a low and these guys, they go to the military and it doesn't work out for them. Don't look at it as a failure, but look at it as like the point in the movie when like the hero hits the freaking bottom. And it's like, what does the hero do next? And I think from there, you can even mess with your serotonin or whatever it is. Not feel like a loser, but get inspired. And like, boom, yes, this is the hero moment. Let's go, let's go. I think that's exactly the thing to do. And teach the incels this too, for the guys that are like having failures and they're like 23 or something, you know, um, that when they're at that low, yeah. that that's not, you've messed up, dude. You're not at rock bottom. This is your freaking moment. Like, go, dude. These guys are like 23. So uh, introducing this concept more and more to the culture, the heroic redemptive process from the bottom, you get going, man. And I think that's, I think that's going to be helpful for people. Mm, King Salmon. You know, that's, uh, that's called the call to adventure. That's literally part of the hero's journey. Like, oh, by the way, like you are totally not ready. You're, you're not ready at all. And you're rock bottom. And also you have no choice now. Yes. Like yeah. you, you have no choice. Good luck. Go do it. Our culture needs is really the integration of the hero's journey mythos uh, into the incels. So they don't have to see it that when I'm 23 in this bad place, the world has fricked me over and it's over, man. It's so over. We are not going to make it. No, it's exactly what Salmonfish said about the call to adventure. That's your moment to start the journey, dude. And getting them to, this sounds weird when I say it like that, because I don't mean it in like a bad propagandistic way, but just introducing to the mythos this, uh, this journey or from there it's the call to adventure. So people can start conceptualizing themselves this way. Mm -hmm. Also, somebody in the chat, I think, asked what I'm eating, and it's gummy bears. <laughs> uh, regular gummy bears? Yeah. Nice. So, uh, um, no. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So, listen, everybody. We are going to be finishing this up pretty soon. But, uh, King Salmonfish, I'm really happy that you came by. I love the sound of your voice, and I love what you got to say. You're a very fascinating guy. So one of the topics that we are going to be covering, by the way, uh, next week, this is going to be an incredibly epic meeting of the minds. We are going to have conscious 
Caracol. For those who, uh, Samus Fish, do you know Conscious Caracol? No? Yes, okay. Uh, you gave the thumbs up. So he yeah. is part of uh, Afroforum, and uh, it is an organization that uh, looks after the well-being of the uh, white Afrikaners in uh, South Africa. And he is going to be coming on with none other than Coleman Hughes. Can you believe that? Really? Really, really. Wow. It is happening. It is happening. Awesome. Coleman Hughes, host of the Conversations with Coleman podcast, Forbes 30 Under 30. So we've already uh, set it up in the calendar and all that. It's going to be a very exciting um, stream. We're going to be talking about liberalism, whether liberalism ends up leading to left uh, totalitarianism, authoritarianism, as we are uh, seeing today. I'd say it isn't. I think Coleman would also say it isn't. And I think uh, Conscious Caracol a, uh, would say that it is. But yeah. just uh, just a little bit of a um, uh, building up of uh, excitement here for those of you guys who follow both of these gentlemen. Uh, stay tuned. Subscribe right now. And I'm going to be uploading the uh, stream um, soon for setting a reminder. So be sure to go there then, set a reminder, add a like, you know, share it out, yada, yada, yada. So I want to finish this. I mean, I think we already dispensed enough silver linings, enough white pills, enough predictions. And I really appreciate all the people in the audience watching this. If anybody, by the way, has any super chats, sneed those super chats right now. I would really appreciate it. But uh, other than that... I just want to give some final thoughts uh, from you guys as to what it is to expect from the incel culture coming up. Like we've heard people from we've heard from crooner being the hero of your own story. We've heard I wouldn't say being the villain necessarily from zero HP, but immersing yourself in uh, esoteric Hitlerism. And what I think may happen, and I hope well, I hope it won't happen, is that the further people who are on the uh, left are going to push we're actually going to be seeing different clumps of people who are going to be very serious about wanting to change things in terms of getting rid of uh, any model of liberalism that we have right now, anything that we would consider to be the way things are run in order to ensure equal rights, in order to ensure you know, all of these things that are part of the system that we kind of gotten used to and i think a lot of us take for granted as far as the way the the law works the way the court works i think a lot of people maybe king sam the fish would say none of these things are working correctly they're all screwed up i don't know if king sam the fish would say that we have to get rid of them i know i'm curious of what you think there too but uh either way i think that the more the left pushes the more there's going to be a uh, reaction to that where people want to get rid of the system entirely I am not for that because I think that's kind of naive. But I don't know. King Salmonfish, if there's any thoughts that you may have on that, that's the topic we're going to be touching on next week. But if there are any thoughts you have on that, the uh, floor is yours. And then any final thoughts on the future of Inceldom or any parting words for the incel community. And then we're going to end the stream. Yeah, I, uh, I do have a number of things to say on this. I'll try and make it brief. Um, first of all, when I was terribly depressed and nearly suicidal effectively um it really helped me not some overly complicated thing that didn't mean anything to me and i wouldn't connect with it no matter what you said it was actually a friend of mine said uh you know i care about you i'm here there's nothing i can do you know what i mean um beyond that also i realized 
my feelings were correct and everyone around me was fucking wrong. Like, oh, you're broken. You're you're, you know, some pathology, something, something. We're trying to help you like take all these drugs that don't work, all that stuff. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't work. Like uh, antidepressants can be useful if you have like acutely suicidal emotions that are like too much. Okay. Um, like going to kill you. So turn them, turn them down. But actually your emotions, Uber Boyo was the first person to really make this as clear as possible where he, uh, he, Steph, you know, he was saying Fr- friend of the your show. emotions are an ancient and wise system, which is like, doing these hyper mathematical calculations on like an intuitive level. And they're telling you that you have some kind of need that has to be addressed. Generally speaking, now if you can figure out how to interpret the language that they're speaking, it's like, no, 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 no. Hold up. I feel like shit because my life is shitty. Like my relationships are in shambles. Like I'm heartbroken, just broke up with some chick that I was blessed to even have been with in the first place because I was literally nothing and nobody with just like a heart of gold or whatever fucking thing I had to sell, you know? And so like heartbroken, all my relationships ruined, homeless, you know, like basically had a car, you know, ended up at some place by myself, right? And I'm like, no. I fuck all of you. I'm going to stubbornly like, no, I feel bad because I should feel bad. And it turns out depression, generally speaking, you can call it a chemical imbalance, but it's actually a naturally occurring chemical imbalance because it's a a negative incentive system. It's like on a deep level, like get the fuck away from whatever this is and then try and build like an abstraction and a plan to deal with whatever in the future. Like your feelings are not lying to you. Probably your circumstances are probably fucked up. And it's trying to like force you and you may literally have to hit rock bottom and have no choice whatsoever. And if you survive that, because that's nature, it's ruthless. Okay. Like just, you'll learn that one. Um, Like, and if we don't have like, literally I said, like any great men on the world stage, well then what happens? Like nobody wants to hear this. Okay. But it's true. And the numbers by themselves are persuasive in the last 50 years. There have been 2 billion abortions globally. That is twice as much as every single casualty in every single war in the entire history of the world combined. It's twice as much. And that's the high estimate is that it's a billion. The low estimate is that it's 150 million. Um, So ultimately, why is this happening? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like uh, nobody wants to hear it. Right. But, uh, you know, that's not a baby unless you're a good father. It's not, I mean, it's not a baby. Like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't deal with this. I can't, no, that's no, 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 no. Like, and, and nobody can do anything when like, you know, everything is degenerating and collapsing and everyone's spiraling out of control and everything's on fire. Like, and if you go watch Lucy, um, Morgan Freeman is like, yeah, things have to be sufficiently hospitable or you're fighting for your life instead of reproducing. Like, and it's kind of a frame thing too. Like, if you're more based, like it's more hospitable. Okay. Like if you improve yourself, the environment actually modulates around you such that like you're more adapted to the environment. And eventually like you get situations where, you know, shit gets so bad that uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, that situation. And like the Kim uh, Kanye and Ski Davidson thing, like, why is that important to the collective? Well, it's because, like, Kanye actually loves Kim Kardashian and accepts her for who she is. And he's like, please, God, just have any level of standards for our children. She's like, no, I'm going to pick the ghoul with literally no standards and a big dick. <laughs> and we're going to, like, share him around and see if that's an option. Like, see if that's an option for us. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, it's not. Like, he loves you. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
okay? And like, why Amber Heard? Like, well, because Johnny Depp is, I mean, look at him, okay? He's the only dude who even has a chance at all. Like, <laughs> and then Amber is, in so many people's eyes, the worst, like the just the worst person. And it barely even slid through because he still had to pay her like a couple million dollars just because like we're taking a piece of your flesh anyway. Like you're not getting through this unscathed, Johnny, because like ultimately, you know, uh, preferential treatment of women is correct. It's good. It's right. It's correct. Like and what white knighting is absolutely the answer. It's just you all suck at it and need to get better at it. And you've demonized a bunch of things that are really good things. It's just horrible. Life is truly horrifying uh, and, uh, you know, beautiful yeah. beyond words. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, super true. Um, one of my favorite things that you keep saying is you bring up this point of like us not having the good men role models. And so, but we can use mythological characters. We can use story characters and conceptualize that. And I, it's the thing about that is it's just our responsibility then to try to be those heroes um, and just teaching people like, hey, look, you know, weak times create blah, blah, blah. We don't have these heroes anymore. And whether it's for whatever reason, it's your job to be the hero. Isn't that mm. awesome? Isn't that kind of epic? What if you get to- I, I, have a, I have one significant piece of evidence to suggest how this affects psychology on a mass scale. Donald Trump shows up on the scene and it radically alters the entire collective consciousness. And it's not just about a role model. It's like you're supposed to pick somebody who's representative, you know, of the common people, arguably. I don't care the elite common argument. Like you just pick somebody from the stock of humanity that is kind of exceptional or whatever. And they do the dumbest, most ignorant shit that continues to get more and more complex. And nobody wants to do it. Nobody in their right mind wants to deal with that shit. Like, but somebody does it. So we can live our lives and have our white picket fence dream and bicker with our neighbors and be ignorant of the psychic and demonic forces that assail us all day and possess us unknowingly. You know, like fucking everybody that studies psychology is perceived as insane. I've realized this because <laughs> people people are literally possessed by psychic forces that they're completely unaware of and they're just controlled by them and when i'm aware of those things i'm outside of your frame of reference so functionally like there's an overton window that actually exists based on whatever group you're in which is modulated by emotional signals and then eventually mortal violence um so like ultimately i'm continuously perceived as insane no matter how many times i'm right about things because i'm always ahead of the curve outside of your frame of reference mm -hmm. i always make you uncomfortable and you can literally make the state religion treating me like shit so that you create a mass casualty scenario just to create one good man like well okay, you, th you, you think great you, you think very differently from other people even in the way that you speak where you say a lot of things and the people aren't paying attention all they would hear is just somebody who's just saying one thing after another. Meanwhile, the kind of things that you're saying right now, they absolutely make sense. So that that is something that I think is very important, where I think a lot of stupid people or midwits would look at, you know, like I said before, they would not be able to perceive the truth of what you are saying. It just skips by them. It's like the, the salmon jumps right by them. They're not able to grab the salmon when it swims. Okay, so here's... Here's the problem with that, then. It's like, well, I can't, there's nothing I can fucking say to any of you. I can't, there's nothing I can say. So, what's the answer? The answer is not a political abstraction. Like, what is the system? What should the system be? Let's kill each other over it, you know? And that's not like, if you go read BAP, like, he talks about an unconscious genius, as in, 
it speaks for itself and it's not a comprehensible like re reductive abstract symbolic form it's like this like alan watts like, you know like that kind of whatever and uh so then the problem is literally just like you need to get your vibe right i don't give a shit that you're poor i've met literally homeless dudes that are like aggressive schizophrenic violent lunatics under a bridge with like a hot girlfriend because he's got some type of vibe like literally no money totally dirty and disgusting like dangerous fucking sketchy asshole under a fucking bridge like hot girlfriend out of curiosity and I, I don't want to dwell on this too much I know it's 59 we gotta go real soon and I want to hear from uh, Nama as well just real quick have you been seeing these things with Jeffrey Epstein popping up where they're talking about his drip and they're having like these videos of him dressing up in the uh, you know that big woolly jacket and there's this girl who is with him and she she's like waiting for him to say something outside the car and he's inside the car you know and it's it's a very strange thing but people seem to be attracted to figures who even if they did horrible horrible things there's still this drip quality to you know this guy was able to allegedly you know launder money for some of the richest people in the entire world in history you know he played a very significant role in this whole uh chess piece drama so i'm just curious what do you think of those individuals like the jeffrey epsteins of the world and where they factor into this whole uh to this whole thing and then we're gonna go to nama um my, my thought on that is more interested in the fact that we are looking at jeffrey epstein for the drip People have a hero sensor, like people have gaydar they talk about. We have a hero dar or something like that. I think people are constantly testing someone to look for who is this heroic model. Salmonfish was talking about what do you even say to these midwits who don't understand. You model and it's a physical thing. You do your action. You have the swag and people can sense it and it's inspiring. They mimic and replicate. That's what it's nice. Sam well, and I, yeah. I do have one more one. I have a million things, but I'm just going to give you this one and then I'm going to randomly disappear. Okay. Cause I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. I'm, I'm done. I could go on forever. Okay. So the, the nice guys finish last, the bad boys win. Why is that? Well, because they're slightly more psychologically and physically mature. And then there's literally the, you know, good man, like, you know, a good man is not a weak man. A good man is an incredibly dangerous man who has that voluntarily under control, which is to kind of like, frankly, you know, I'm kind of uh, correcting some of Nietzsche's errors and uh, talking about the need for not only like willpower and like conquering spirit, but also um, like, okay, this is very specific and nobody gets this. Okay. Nobody fucking understands this. There's a particular game that you absolutely have to be able to fucking do as a man. Okay. My, I, whatever, I'm going to, I'll bring up my mother. I love her. She's a great woman. She's fantastic. She, she had a husband, like second husband. My, my parents got divorced very early on. I don't even remember. Um, he wouldn't fight with her. And eventually she literally divorced him because he would not fight with her. And what's the problem? I mean, he provided, he had a good job. Like he was, I was, I was so fucking happy. It was crazy. Okay, so what's the problem? There's the very, very rare occasion where you have to be a complete and utter monster and you have to do it just right. And technically you're completely winging it and you can't be 100% sure. Like you have to put your life on the line, be a complete fucking monster. There are specific functions of protecting, providing, and like literally nobody wants to, nobody wants to hear this one. 
there are times when you literally have to transgress sacred boundaries, the most fucking dangerous game in all of existence, because your girlfriend or your wife has been telling you for five fucking years straight what her deepest desires are. And then one of her shallow desires is going to literally get all of you killed or completely ruin her life. And so you have to stop her, literally stop her from committing suicide or fucking ruining her own deeper need for satisfaction. You have to save her from herself on occasion and like straight up. I'm not giving you a fucking choice. This is my job. And that's the most dangerous, most ignorant, stupidest game of all fucking time. But if you literally cannot even vibe that you are capable of like going off and literally murdering a bear with your bare hands or like, you know, uh, you're literally going to be able to express yourself, to explore yourself, to have an adventure, to be a mother or do whatever the fuck you want to do. But literally on occasion, if you are completely tripping balls, like literally on acid or something, like I'm going to fucking restrain you to a chair and we're just not going to talk about it after that. It's going to be fine. Wow. Well, there we go. King's, King's Hammond Fish. Before you go, where could the people find you? Uh, K Salmon Fish on Twitter. Um, and like, that's pretty much the main place. Uh, I also have a link on my Twitter bio to my uh, YouTube channel, which is mostly psychology at this point. My recent one about uh, crystallizing the chrono romantic vibe moment is fucking crazy. Like, absolutely crazy. Literally uh, conscious implementation of vibe shift mechanics and the like uh, entire false consensus filter of female psychology and victim leveraging that is wokeism. Like how to literally pass the shit test. Uh, the shit test is going to change though, but there you go. I am uh, I am very much looking forward to watching that and I put a link to it on uh, YouTube here. So King Salmonfish, I wish you the very best and really enjoyed uh, you coming in here. Would love to have you back on soon, buddy. Adios. All right, so finally, uh, I want to play something uh, on this video screen over here. The uh, drip video from, uh, I'm not really sure who, but it's about uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein. And I'm curious, Nama, of what you think of this. I don't know, Nama, have you seen that drip video? Do you know what I'm talking about or no? No, but I mean, I think I can kind of gather what the, what the idea is. But, you, you, you know, just about people being attracted to sort of sociopathic, you know, villains. Is that... Well, sure yeah well here you can see it on the screen right now see he's like moving and grooving in slow motion and he's you know making all kinds of deals and the helicopter so i think that there is something about that that uh people are attracted to regardless of how i don't know evil you know of you know what a kind of quality of people have who engage in these kind of things it seems like the drip level supersedes any of that so i'm uh I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on that. Well, you know, in the incels would call that the dark triad sort of uh, traits, uh, which is psychopathy, Machiavellianism, and narcissism, I think, and that, that women are attracted to these qualities in men. I think that there is an element of truth to that, you know, as, you know, Kuhner, I think you said this, or maybe it was Ken Samantha talking about, uh, you know, a great man is someone who has the capacity to be evil and to be dangerous, but, you know, controls it. And I agree with that. It's a... Uh, it's not, you know, just about being incapable or, or incompetent. That's not really greatness. Um, so I think there's truth to that. I also think that just power in general and, and wealth and status and exclusivity are things that attract people. And moreover, I think something that gets overlooked is 
you know, someone like Jeffrey Epstein is manipulative. Uh, a psychopath, a sociopath is manipulative. It's one of the qualities that they have. They can sort of charm people. They have a, a glib charm. And a lot of the times the people that are attracted to people like this, and many people are, I mean, you know, you can talk about cult leaders or leaders of corporations or dictators, you know, um, populist figures, cult of personalities. Uh, they are attracting people that tend to be naive and susceptible to manipulation like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the way you kind of see it in the image over here in the video, if you see it in the uh, in the screen, you're seeing this, right? So you yeah. have you have this uh, you know youngish looking girl, and Epstein's in the uh, car, and she's like scrunched over like this, almost kind of like she's begging, and she's outside, and it's kind of cold outside. So it's like that that seems to be the level of power that this yeah. dude had. I mean, but, you know, uh, psychopaths are good at that, especially with young girls. And there's also an element of, you know, what someone was brought up with. If someone is brought up in a household with dysfunction, family of origin, where there was a narcissistic parent or something like that, where there was some abuse, covert abuse, whether it was emotional or physical, they will be attracted to that dynamic. So it's not all just magic. <laughs> it's not all just their, you know, their evil villainry, their, their power to sort of glamoury. People. It's also sometimes just a psychological dysfunction that attracts people to them. But I don't think there should be that much mystery to it. You know, this is a powerful man. He kind of was like Oz. He was able to sweet talk people. He was, you know, hanging out with the rich and famous. It's not it's not that hard to figure out for me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. So before you go, any final words on uh, today's conversation? And uh, one last thing before that, your name is Nama. I'm curious what that means. But also, there's this Japanese brand of chocolates I really like called Royce Chocolate. It's a luxurious, I mean, look at this. Look at this luxurious brand uh, like Rolls Royce. And this one is called Nama Chocolate Olay. So there we go. I don't know if there is a relationship with your name to something like this, but already this is making me very hungry. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think of this chocolate? <laughs> and then final thoughts. I think it looks exquisite. And if there wasn't a connection before, now there certainly is. Um, oh, what, is what, what does Nama mean? That's like a hippie name. Um, you know, Namaste, bow down in respect. Ah, interesting. Uh, I thought that my, my daughter's screaming a little bit. I hope nobody can hear that. But That's I... Fine. I enjoyed the conversation very much. I thought it was delightful. Nice to meet you finally face-to-face, -face, Kruner, because we only talked on audio last time. Um, and yeah, th this was awesome. It was really interesting. I'm glad we did it. I am glad we did it too. They also have, by the way, these potato chips, which are really, really delicious. I don't know if I could find it here. Potato Look at this. Potato chips and chocolate. They combine potato chips and chocolate. My favorite one is the uh, is the uh, cheese flavor. So they have like the French uh, cheese flavor. What do you call the the soft, the, like that creamy brie. French? Brie, brie, yes. So they have brie flavored potato chips. These, I'm telling you, this is out of this world. Like, I, I don't know how they're able to do it here. Is Let this SponCon? <laughs> this is what? Is this SponCon? Oh, I wish it was. This would make a great sponsor. I mean, look at these chips. Just 
I mean, I, I don't have any words. I know this has nothing to do with whatever it is that we were talking about before. And look how expensive this is, $17.99. But I'm telling you guys, this is well worth it. Okay, fromage blanc, potato chip chocolate. You have never eaten anything like this in, in your entire lives because it has like the crunch but it also has like that softness, like that cheesy, creamy softness together with the crunch. It is, oh man, oh man, the Shevitz. Anyway, listen, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Nama, please tell all the good people where they could find you and Crooner, same thing. And I know you guys are both muted, so please unmute yourselves. Uh, Nama, uh, let us know where we could find you. So um, my Twitter, uh, it's also my main hangout online, is at Nama Cates. Um, my podcast is called Incel. You can find that just by searching for Incel Podcast anywhere. It's the only one, uh, and it is available everywhere. And my uh, podcast Twitter is Incel Project, at Incel Project. They, my personal one and the podcast one are very similar. Um, and and I, you also I, have I, a Patreon. I do have a Patreon. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's very important. Patreon.com slash Nama Cates. There are extra uh, bonus episodes there, uncensored episodes, blog posts, polls, a little community. We got a good thing going over there, so do check that out. Also, ad-free ads are hideous on the show, so there are none there. Um, and I write for uh, Unheard, uh, the you know outlet Unheard, and you know so you can find my my writings and things there. Yes, and Unheard, a friend of the show, uh, we have had uh, many people coming in uh, who are associated, including the wonderful Ed West who I hope to have back, who was responsible for me knowing the word Batty Boy uh, from uh, uh, his, his book. I've never heard of that uh, term before, and now I know. It's, uh, it led me to discovering a lot of very interesting uh, tropical songs, like rap songs that use that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Batty and Boy. And also Chi-Chi Man. I like that. It's like Chi-Chi from Dragon Ball Z if she was a man. Anyway, enough of this nonsense. Listen, Crooner, where can people find you? And then we're going to leave. So, yeah, I mean, you can find me if you go to the right part of Los Angeles. But otherwise, online, my Twitter account is at HeroPilled. Um, and if you go on YouTube, you want to type in Crooner E-Girls. Crooner is C-R-O-O-N-E-R. And then you can find my YouTube channel and the E-Girl documentary. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you uh, choose a name. That's how also a genre of music. Oh. <laughs> you have to. Uh, it's not as easy. But listen, it is well worth it to check out Kruner's work. I love listening to the conversations between uh, him and uh, the that Rapunzel E-Girl. That is with Emily P2 yeah. Ant Wife, Rapunzel E-Girl Museum. So, guys, please check that out. I love that you opened up asking her about her favorite color. I think uh, that was that was really, really good. So, listen, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you want to help support the show, what you can do is, number one, add a like. That helps the algorithm. Number two, share this with everybody. Number three, subscribe and click the bell. The bell is very important. I saw that not enough people have clicked the bell. So, change that right now. Click the bell right now. And lastly, if you really want to support the show, Patreon. Patreon.com slash break the rules is where you go. Go there right now, become a patron. You're going to get all kinds of goodies. And lastly, if you want to keep in touch, 
I post regularly along with all the people who support the show on the Discord. So if you go to the Break the Rules Discord, whose link I am putting in the chat right now, there's the link. Go there, click there right now, become a part of this, because Break the Rules is all about what we just did right now, all about bringing people together who otherwise would never have been together in the first place. Nama, you are facilitating this, and I'm really happy that you're doing so, and Break the Rules is going to facilitate this with the best dang crossovers you guys have ever seen. And it's only getting hotter from here. It is happening, and it's all thanks to you guys. So anyway, thank you so much. Mwah! Good night, Everich. 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 Mwah!